Well, good morning and welcome. Thank you for being part of today. My name is Paul. I am I'm one of the pastors here. Um, next week, we are going to do a one church, one time, one place. If you arrive at your normal time, um, you will be late. I mean, most of you are already usually late, but um, <laughs> you'll be really late. Uh, so we're going to start at 10 o'clock. So if the thing starts at, at 10, it will be crowded. We will um, be packing you in. Some of you will maybe escorted up to the, to the loft. Uh, you'll have a chance to experience what worship is like up there. We're really trying to open that up and make that a, a great time. Parking is going to be crazy, but hey, that'll be fun. Now, we're not just packing all of you people in here at one time to show how much we need space. That's not, we don't stoop ourselves to that level. We stoop ourselves to the level of actually getting very pregnant women up here saying, please do it for the children. That's what we, that's what we, that's what we, we do. So um, anyway, that's um, how low can we go on, on, on that one. Hey, today we're going to spend a few minutes talking about giving dangerously, and and somebody, when we were pulling together the message series, they said, um, you really want to call it giving dangerously? Why don't you call it giving faithfully? But I thought, no, giving dangerously is really what I want to talk about, because I'm kind of a, you know, I'm me, I'm I'm a risk-taking, dangerous kind of guy, don't you think so? Why are you laughing? Um, I'm one of those guys that lives life on, on, the, on the edge, fast lane stuff. I'm kind of embarrassed to show you some of the pictures of my past, but uh, here's my former career. <laughs> some of you wanted to get me out surfing, but for me, go ahead, that would be kind of a down from what I normally do with my, my leisure time. And here's my latest venture right now. How about that one right there? Here go on this one. Hey, let me show you one more picture of risk-taking. Um, it's, it's, it's this. The Bible says this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, you know kind of where this is going, particularly if we're talking about giving dangerously. And and so in your notes, if you're taking notes, I want you to write the word uh uh-oh down, if you would, okay? Would you write down uh uh-oh? Because when I say, at least for me personally, when I say uh uh-oh, it usually means there's a challenge up ahead or there's something that I don't understand that's coming up or something really big that I'm particularly not necessarily looking forward to, something that's dangerous. Whenever there's a danger, I will say, what? Uh-oh, you know, uh-oh, it's coming. And, and what I want to happen um, this morning is to help you feel absolutely comfortable and confident in these uh-oh times, particularly in the uh-oh time of giving and being able to give and be able to actually live in a way that you never have imagined and, and really watch God do kind of some wild and crazy and dangerous stuff even through you. And, and honestly, this week with no pressure in your heart, or no pressure, I want God to speak to you about what he wants to do through you. Now, 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 just a, just a, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's people in this world that are generous, and there's people here who are, are, are greedy and, and, and in this world, and, and, and you probably fall somewhere in between, okay? And I want to ask for a show of hands on how many of you are, are greedy, and I want to ask how many of you are generous, but I will ask how many of you are cheap, any of you are cheap? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, some of us are, are, are cheap. I don't think many of us would call ourselves greedy. Sometimes we would call ourselves 
cheap. Somebody asked me about this bandage on, on my thumb. I am, by the way, in the, in the very cheap camp. Um, this, this came about because I had an ordeal with a, a can of refried beans, which I don't want to talk about right now. But anyway, <laughs> I lost. And, and so there's a, there's a cut and it's, and it's bleeding here. And, and so my wife is saying, is it deep enough? Should we go like, you know, to the urgent care? And immediately what I think about in going to urgent care, I think of what? How much it's going to cost? And I'm thinking, well, no, at Urgent Care, all they're going to do, they're going to put on super glue because that's what they do now. You know that? They put on super glue. And I think, heck, I got super glue. I can do it myself. And so where did I go? I went into the garage, you know, because I'm going to look for super glue. And let's see. I've got, I've got white glue. No, that's not going to work. I've got JB Weld. That's really not going to work if you know what that is. And, and I didn't have super glue. I had something called Gorilla Glue. You know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, what the heck? And so I just scored on there. It swells up and gets real white, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, this is my gorilla group. But that is considered what? Cheap. That's cheap. Okay, that's what I understand. And, and cheap. And, and we're talking about giving above and beyond to strengthen ministry here to impact the coastside forever. Okay, we're talking about that. And next week, we're going to ask you to do it. We're going to have kind of a time to pray, and you're going to ask, be asked to give uh, a more than you normally give, either one-time gift or ongoing thing. And, 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 and how many of you want to give to it? And this is not a manipulation thing. How many of you really would like to give to this? You know, okay, well, that's good. All right, and we'll make it. Now, now, how many of you, and you don't have to put your show of hands up on this one, how many of you are trying to figure out how you can? You know, you're thinking how am I supposed to do this? Because I'm already giving this amount, and, and if I give more, I'm not sure I can pull that off. Or as I look at my bills, or as I look at what I, what I have, what I owe, I'm not sure I can do that. You want to give? I know you do, because I know your hearts, and you guys got great hearts. But the question is how. You look at the numbers, the bills that stack up, or your inbox, and you think, I don't know sure I can do that. And, and I have found time and time again that whenever a church needs to expand and grow or build or even ask for money, the issue is not greedy people because, again, you're good-hearted people. The issue is not greedy people who say, mine, mine, mine. And, and even the issue is you're not cheap. The issue is not anything but usually faith. It's faith. I'm not sure I can do this. And we begin to say, if I give more, um, or if I even give, will I have enough? Those are the questions that you would be asking, because I ask them too. And the real question, bottom line, is what will happen to me if I give? And if you're a follower of Christ, the gut hitter is, when I give more, will God really provide for me? Can I really, really trust God to provide for me if I give to a sacrificial or if I give to an uh-oh level? Okay. Because God continually, at least it seems like with the widow and her two coins, she gave to a what kind of a level? An uh-oh level here. Let's go back in time if we can, way back in time. Let's just place yourself as an Israelite and you're in sitting in the desert. You were a slave in Egypt just two weeks ago, and God, through Moses, got you out of there. You know, you, you went through, and, and you saw the miracle just a week ago, of the Red Sea opening up, and you're able to part right through and walk through as if on dry land, and that was really cool as the water came back down and all the splash, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that was last week, and, and while that was wild and crazy, you now notice a strange sound that you've not heard in a long, long time, and that's a growl in your stomach because you're hungry. Because you're no longer in Egypt, you're now kind of walking around in, in, in the desert. 
and, and you start thinking about the things. And the Bible said that they started thinking about back in Egypt, the leeks and the cucumbers. Why leeks and cucumbers is what they thought about. I don't really understand. But anyway, you're thinking about leeks and you're thinking about cucumbers and you're really hungry. And, and, so, and so to drown out the noise in your stomach, you start to make noise to Moses, you and about a, two million other people to say we are hungry and we want the leeks. Okay, we want those things. And, and so Moses prays and the Bible says this. The next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. Moses told them, it's the, it's the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. The Israelites called the food what? What do they call it? They call it manna. Okay, here's the manna thing. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Now, there's instructions that come with this, okay? These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So you pick up what you need. There you go. Not, not hard. Moses told them, this is instruction number two, do not keep any of it until morning. Those are the manna instructions, okay? That's right there on the side of the box, right there, the manna instructions. Now, I'm a guy, and, and when I see instructions, I don't see instructions as instructions. Instructions are usually just what? Suggestions. Yeah, they're just suggestions. These are just kind of things that go. And also, in my mental processes, the way I, I, I work, I work in boxes. And when I want to get in this particular mode, I will do all kinds of things in this particular mode. And if I'm in the manna collecting mode, I'm not just going to collect for a day. I might as well hack. As long as I'm stupid down scraping up, I might as well collect for what? A whole week, you know, because I'm now in, in the manna collecting thing. So I do that, and, and of course, you know what happens. It says, however, some of, some of them paid no attention to Moses, the guys, and they kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. Think of the stuff in the very back of your refrigerator. Okay, that's what it was like now, okay? Now, the question is, why did God do it this way? It's not particularly economical to do it this way by the way. It's not a good time saver. You know, God should say once a week. Why did God do it this way? Why not collect manna even for three days? Why God did God do it this way? It's an odd thing. But there's going to be a thread that's going to run through the Bible, and it's going to run even into our lives. And it's going to tell us about God, and it's going to tell us about ourselves, and it's going to tell us about this whole uh-oh kind of living and, and life. God wanted them to understand something. And here, and here it is, that God is the God of the daily. God is the God of my daily, of my daily life. God provided day by day to prove that he can take care of you and me day by day, moment by moment. He meets my needs today. And, and when I think about giving, and when I think about kind of uh-oh giving, I'm no longer thinking about today, am I? You, you're not. When I start thinking about the uh-oh giving, I don't think about today. I start thinking about if I give this much today, what's going to happen when? Tomorrow, okay? So I'm no longer now in the today. I'm now no longer thinking about the God of the daily. I'm thinking about the rest of my life. You know, my mind slides into tomorrow or next week. I need to keep more today so I'll have enough for tomorrow. And that's natural. We do that. But the problem is, is you can only experience God when? Today, that's the only time you can experience God. You can't experience God tomorrow because tomorrow isn't here yet. It goes on, says this. 
God gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your father had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Isn't that amazing that God does it to humble us? To experience day-by-day living will bring humility, which is a good thing in our lives. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But God, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. The very purpose of manna was that we would learn to depend upon God day by day. To bring us to the point to say everything that I have is from God. He's the only one that gives me the ability to do this. And that leads to the next point, and that would be God is the God of my supply. God is the one who supplies me. Everything I have comes from God. God is the God of the daily. God is the God of the supply. And then when you think about the manna every day, God is the God of your resupply. Every day there's more, and the issue is always God. Now take that that, that, that theme that's, that's pulling through, and it's going to move now into the New Testament, where Jesus is sitting with his followers and a lot of people on a, on a hill, and he is going to teach them how to pray. And it's very familiar to you. He's going to say this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the Lord's Prayer. We know it. Now the next phrase is what? Give us this day our what? Daily bread. Okay, and we know that, we know that. And we kind of roll right through it, our daily bread. Now, why did he have to say daily bread? Why didn't he just say, give us bread, you know? Why did he have to focus on daily? Or why not say, give us weekly bread? You know, that would be even easier. Because Jesus wants us to be reminded of something. He wants us to be reminded of what? The manna. That God is the God of the what? Of the daily. And that God is the God of the what? Supply. And God is God of the resupply again and again. God will always provide enough. And so the next word I want you to write down is I want you to write down the word aha. Aha. Because I believe God wants us to go from uh uh-oh to aha. So Jesus says this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and, and when you think about it, he's talking about daily bread, daily provision. Why do we store up? I mean, why do we store up stuff? It's a trust issue. If I store up, then I'll have enough for when? For tomorrow and the next day and the next week. And so God can't provide for me tomorrow and next day and next week, so I have to provide for myself. Then he says this, if you store up too much, it's going to mess you up. Jesus says no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I can't serve them both. I can't do it. I can't do it both. And if I'm freaking out about money, and if I'm always focused on money, I cannot be focused on the life God wants me to live today. It's either one or the other. But then we kind of get on the whole fear wagon. God has asked us to give, and that puts me at risk. And now we as a church family are, 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 are uniting together to expand a building And so we're asking you to give more and to sacrifice. And we want to say, yeah, I know that. I understand that. That's a good thing. But I have to provide for what? For myself. I mean, someone's got to look after 
me. And all of a sudden we go back to the uh-oh and then we should move to the aha. God is the one who takes care of me. Jesus says this, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. It's not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes. We always think he's talking about worry. He's not talking about worry. He's talking about money, about stuff, talking about supply. And in a moment, he's going to say this and place this in regards to all our resources. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things, all the things that you're worried about for tomorrow and all the things you're worried about for next week and next year and in 30 years, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you. You live daily with the God of the supply, the God of the resupply. And that frees me up. And so we give and give outrageously and we give, hear the word, dangerously. Dangerously. Because he's the God of the supply. Fear drives us to store up. God allows me to then free up. not so sometimes we love money too much. Again, I'm not sure any of us love money too much. The question is, do I believe at the very core of my being that God can be trusted to provide in every area of my life? Do I really, really, really believe that? And the only way I can answer that question, the only way that question can be answered is if I give dangerously. It's the only way. And is there some fear? Of course there's going to be fear. We're not naturally wired to do that. We're naturally wired to look after ourselves. That's how we're wired. So Jesus says this, Don't be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Um, my daughter and her friend used to do lemonade stands, brownies and lemonade. It was a hard sell on the coast side when it's always cold, you know. So, um, But anyway, they... Two cute girls, they did, they did okay. And, and so, you, you know, let's suppose, let's just suppose I'm, I'm watching what's going on and she's raking in the cash and I'm thinking, cool, you know, that's okay. And suppose some little kids come by and, and they have nothing and she just out of compassion and her, she and her friend, they freely give brownies and lemonade away because these other kids have a need. They don't have any money and they have a need. Um, she, out of love and compassion, gives. She won't make money out of this. You understand that? In fact, she's losing money. Actually, I'm the one losing money, but that's a whole other point. Um, she does it out of love and sacrifice. Um, and I watch what's going on. What am I going to do? Am I going to go out there and lecture her on a poor economic system, you know, and how she really needs to probably consider profit margins and things like that? Or do you think I'm going to go fill up that lemonade pitcher and bring another plate of brownies? What do you think I'm going to do? I know what you'd do. Your heart would be so swell with compassion and love to say, that, look at that. She's giving at her need. She's giving, she's giving at her cost. So I'm going to make sure that she will always be supplied. One time I was sitting in church, I've, I have told you this one, and the buckets are coming around, and out of the corner of my eye, one of my kids, just little, when he was just little, he pulls out a 20 a 20. Now, I know what they get for their allowance, okay? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that much. And a 20 for a kid is a lot. And I kind of did the, you know, the double take, you know, when I saw the number on the bill. And, and I said, and I whispered to him, I said, you sure? You know, you sure? And he 
said, yeah. What do you think happened in my heart at that moment? What do you think? I know what happened in my eyes. They got all blurried up. And what do you think I'm going to do for that kid? You think I'm going to let him go without now? You think I'm going to teach him a hard lesson on money? And I promised to God to do all I could to make it up to him. Our greatest financial fear is not the economy. Yours is not the government taking it over or your retirement. It's really, can I trust God? That's what it comes down to. Can I trust God? Look at this verse again. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And that should lead us to the last word to write down. That's okay. 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 Somebody asked me what I, what I expected to get out, out of, of the Sunday, and I said what I would love, what I would love more than anything else is, is for us all together as, as a group of people together to move from, from the uh-oh to the aha to the what? Okay. It'll be fine. It will be okay. Worship team, would you guys come up, please, if you would, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Would you bow your head? just for a moment. What kind of a God would he be if he did not take care of those that give generously to his purpose and his kingdom and his work? Who does that? And God knows, he calls us a little flock, he knows we get freaked out about all this stuff because who's going to take care of us in the future? But Jesus says very, very pointedly to you, I will. I promise to. And so next week when you come and you think through a number this week and pray about it and give it dangerously and watch what God can do. And I'm not saying that for how much money we raise. I don't really care how much money we raise. I care what happens in our hearts and your soul and then it would then become a lifestyle of giving everything to God. Not just money, time, and energy, and resources, and your emotions, and your heart, all that. So Lord, thank you so much, God. Thank you for being a God that gives and doesn't stop. You gave us your son, Jesus. Will you not freely give us all things? And we love it. I love that about you, and I love you for it. And so bless us next week as we come together. A lot of people, God, may there be this spirit of joy here as we say we can freely participate in what you do. So guide us in that. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks, you guys, for being here this morning. I really appreciate you coming out and look forward to seeing you um, next week. It should be a fun time, 10 o'clock. Okay, remember to come at 10 o'clock a little bit early to find a place to park and come in. Some of you are helping. Thank you guys for that. We're going to stand. We're going to finish with a final song. God bless you guys. Love you. Have an incredible day. The sun is out, so enjoy it.